related to warfare. In U.S. history, at least. That's I don't, U.S. I don't history. Know. But still, that's like... Yeah, it is... Uh, that's pretty sad to think about. There's just yeah. 300 you know, U.S. Navy men were just lost by something that we can't describe. Are you kidding me? Like... That people from Europe to the Gulf of Mexico fly over? Yeah. Yeah. I wish those 300 U.S. men were people from my high school. (laughs) JK. Oh, that was intense. That was was dark, Jeremy. So the the theory is that most of these, like, ships that sunk were never found again because the Gulf Stream just blew them away. Right, just takes ships and moves them, like, much further away than the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, and it's... Even though the Gulf Stream only moves at like 5.6 miles per hour, it's still enough. If you were making a water landing with an aircraft that was capable, it it would still take that away from where you had predicted it would land. And then same thing if, if a boat loses. Um, yeah. So you know, these currents. Yeah. Yeah. These currents are not like the EAC, the East Australian Current. And when you're a turtle, it's fine. But if you're a if you're a <laughs> ship full of 300 men, you're super you're dead. dead. And yeah, if, if you've lost engine power, it's just like. Well, shit, there we go. <laughs> Off to Australia. <laughs> um, <laughs> watch out for the spiders. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this is some, like, pretty damning evidence that something weird is happening in the Bermuda Triangle. During a routine practice bombing of the coast of Florida, five Navy bombers experienced severe technical difficulties. The leader of the mission explained the experiences as, quote, as if they had flown to Mars, end quote. All five planes lost all navigational function and flew around aimlessly for hours until they were forced to land in the ocean and abandon their crafts. So here's like the full story. We're going to go deep into it. So it was routine practice bombing at Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Many before it and many expected to precede it. Like this was not a localized event, like well, localized drill. Uh, Navy Lieutenant Charles Taylor donned his flight gear and boarded his TBM-type aircraft. He had over 2,500 flying hours logged in on this beautiful aircraft. Matt was there. He saw it. He can confirm the beauty of this aircraft. (laughs) He was ready to take it out again to supervise these trainees in in a practice mission and show them how it's done. These trainees were the Fox Tear. That was their group. So takeoff schedule was 1345 hours. These hours are going to be very important. But 1345, it was delayed until 1410. They took off and reached Hen and Chicken Shoal, where the low-level practice bombings were initiated. After a few more location hits, pilots were supposed to turn in. After the last bomb was dropped, a crew member asked Power, who is the head of the, of the crew, to identify his location. He replied, quote, I don't know where we are. We must have gotten lost after the last turn, end quote. Taylor later radioed in, quote, both our, compass, both our compasses are out, and I'm trying to find Flor- Lauderdale, Florida. I'm over land, but it's broken. I'm going into the Keys, but I don't know how far down. I don't know how to get to Fort Lauderdale, end quotes. The NAS advised Taylor to put the sun on his port wing and fly north along the coast of the fort. Taylor, however, did not acknowledge the transmission and later radioed, quote, We are heading 030 degrees for 45 minutes. Then we will fly north to make 
sure, we are not over the Gulf of Mexico, end quote. So these guys were totally lost, had no idea what was going on. Their compasses were totally out of whack. They were flying blind. Taylor was ordered to broadcast on two different frequencies to try and triangulate his position. To this, Taylor replied, I cannot switch frequencies. I must keep my planes intact, end quote. A few minutes later, Taylor ordered his trainees to head east for 10 minutes. A few moments later, one of the crew members exclaimed, quote, damn it, if we could only fly west, we could get home. Head west, damn it, end quotes. Soon the weather began to worsen and radio contact became even more intermittent. And soon they were believed to be at least 230 miles off the coast of Florida. As a final command, Taylor radioed in, quote, will fly 270 degrees west until landfall or running out of gas, end quote. Finally, several land-based radio stations were able to find Flight Set 19's position, which was 120 miles out to sea. Soon the sun set and the team were flying in the dark with compasses that didn't work. Taylor, Taylor's last message was received by the NAS at 1904. Quote, all planes close up tight. We'll have to ditch, unless landfall. When the first plane drops below 10 gallons, we all go down together. End quote. Soon, everyone was alerted to the immediate search and rescue of these 14 men. Their planes went down. They ran out of gas. Two Martin BPM Mariner seaplanes were dispatched um, for a formation search pattern. However, during the takeoff, like minutes after the takeoff, one's, one plane's transmission completely ended at 1930 and was never seen again. The SS Gaines Mills reported, which was a ship that was also uh, heading one of the expeditions, reported to have seen a hundred foot high flames from on, like, I guess on the horizon. And that's like what Christopher Columbus said he saw. Yeah, Kinda. the flames. Yeah, when he was but I sailing. Think, but I think what these flames were, I think that, was that plane. plane. Yeah, yeah I that, was reading about that. It's mm, just like, exactly. that PBM Mariner was a 13-man crew that went off to look for them. And one of them just exploded immediately after takeoff. And, but nobody saw it explode except for this one ship. But it was just yeah. like, a ship that was supposed to rescue the other people that crashed also went missing. And for scientists to be like, oh, this is, you know, this is hearsay and speculation. That thing was never should have taken off from ground is like, you know, that's. But it was a rescue mission. I mean, it's a rescue mission. And the thing burst in the flames and only one person saw it. That's like, I don't know. So they never found the five planes. They never found. No. Damn. But here is the uh, I will present the negative argument is according to uh, uh, contemporaneous sources, the, uh, you know, the PBM Mariner class ship or uh, uh, flight vessel had a history of explosions due to vapor leaks. So that's what the uh, hearsay is, is that, you know, if... For the if you're, Martin if you're, BPM? Yeah, if, if, you're, if, you're, P- if that type P- of uh, um, aircraft is f- overloaded on fuel, it's they said that there is a history of them just bursting into flames, which, again... Why were we flying if ships just burst into flames? Well, I mean, you just don't fill it up all the way, right? 
I mean, logic. They were like, well, we got to save these people. And then they're just like a ball of flame. But what? Okay. What I'm confused about. Well, okay. This, first, I'm going to say something. And then I'll say what I'm confused about. The first thing I'll say is that those planes that were flying, it kind of it sucks so much because I think it said that they were above land in the beginning. They were just over mm. the keys, you know, and they were trying to get to Fort Lauderdale. If they had just landed immediately in the keys, they would have been fine. Like it just, it just I sucks. Dude, I don't know, dude. Could I mean, you land in Florida because keys? then you would crash into, like the keys are land and water. It's like yeah, they're a mixture of everything. Land a oh, there's nowhere to land in the keys. Yeah, but as small as those planes probably were, you don't think? I don't think so. I think okay. they the, weren't like how, meant how, to land on water. They were like yeah. they're like fighter. Or, or bombers they're just my guess is they'd have to ditch they'd have to you know pop the eject parachute yeah dangerous which just, means that they would have to be over but, water but That'd how did they get so thing. far off yeah from if they were in the florida keys it's like you're right there just like keep going north come on yeah it sucks and, and that's what i was thinking too like because i feel like the, the bermuda triangle like if it is just something that throws off compasses why don't people just keep on going along the path well, like unless they, they they ran out of gas. The thing is, you with can't these just people, keep going all the path you're going on is your compass. Well, I'm talking about ships too, right? Yeah. It's like, but when the compass starts going crazy, you don't know which way is which. You know what I mean? Or does it shift for like long periods of time where it, like, might, it thinks north is this way for several hours? And that's one of the hearsayers is that, that like so it, like drives you in circles. Now you're like, wait, I've been here. I saw that dead seagull in the water. I don't know. <laughs> that's crazy. That's scary, man. No, that's why I will never be on the open sea because <laughs> if if all the technology goes wrong, Kevin, we you know have, you love princess cruises. I not enough. Dude, I got to be <laughs> honest, like cruises are like one of the most amazing things in the world. <laughs> not on the open ocean because that stinks because it's too rocky, but like along the coast. Like, you well, along the coast anything. is one thing, dude. But imagine if you couldn't see dry land for hundreds of miles and it's like if your instruments go out there's no like michael phelps wouldn't last in the <laughs> open water <laughs> michael phelps would ride a freaking orca back to america yeah dude he would dive swim up to an orca beat the orca in a race the orca would be like <laughs> you are master you know that was the most communist thing i've ever said michael phelps would absolutely make it back to shore yeah. <laughs> under any circumstances and then Michael Phelps and the Orca would toke up a bong together, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those Orcas like to toke. <laughs> and so does Michael Phelps. <laughs> you might as well call him Tokas. <laughs> no, that was pretty bad. <laughs> that was like just enough of a stretch where it was great. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I liked it. I, liked I, it. I, I loved it. But. Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Okay, so yeah. let me go over the uh, the last the last recorded Bermuda Triangle incident because it's pretty fucking crazy. Um, so this is the last incident at sea because uh, if you go on Wikipedia, they have them. Bro- there are so many incidents with the Bermuda Triangle that they have broken up by categories, like aircraft, and then like like seafaring vessels. So the last one was in 2015, two years ago. That's that was like less than two years ago. We should have mastered like navigation on the sea by 2015. We should be experts. The, sh- the sea should be our bitch. Yeah, we have GPS now. 
Like, you don't have to rely on compasses. Everybody have, has GPS. That's we the have thing. Google Maps. Yeah. That stuff is. Like, yeah. Amazing. We surely have, yeah, you know, Google Maps works on the ocean. We have um, charades on our phones. That's what they, that should be their next thing. They should have a Google Map for boats. Dude, they do. Do they really? Bam. They have to. Um, it's like turn left this wave like, okay. the wave is gone <laughs> which wave <laughs> there's so many waves <laughs> so the the last <laughs> uh, the last vessel to go missing in the Bermuda Triangle according to Wikipedia the other ones we probably don't know about the SS El Faro it was originally uh, made in Puerto Rico and what? It was basically it's a it's a it's a cargo Did vessel. Did you just say what to say what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why uh, was it made there? <laughs> yeah, it was it was made in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Okay. And it's a it's a cargo vessel, the one that has like you know the big shipping containers and everything on it. Okay. So on <laughs> September thirtieth, twenty fifteen, at two a.m., the El Faro left Jacksonville, Florida, for San Juan, Puerto Rico, carrying a cargo of three hundred ninety one shipping containers, uh, about two hundred ninety four trailers and cars guess those guys never saw their cars and a crew of 33 people 28 americans and five poles just for fun uh <laughs> wait poles are not people that's like things you hang for like tetherball no the po- the poles as in like pole locks I know. oh the poles. i know yeah. <laughs> i just to cause a scene uh, and, <laughs> and poles aren't people uh, <laughs> they're inanimate objects <laughs> we climb poles in p.e and so, uh, I, along this time, I, if you followed our Mary Celeste uh, podcast last time, the, the oceans used to be a place where just, like, whichever ship you were, you owned that ship, you worked for that ship, you were your own corporation. This ship, however, in 2015, was owned by another corporation. Like, they had tons of these freighters. And this, uh, at the time, there was, like, a hurricane, a Bruin, and the... Um, he means brewing. A Bruin and the Bermuda Triangle area, and the uh, the corporation Tote Maritime or T O T E Maritime <laughs> Tot, uh, said that uh, the captain at the time thought the waters were safe enough to sail anyways to get to their destination, and they said we didn't encourage this. We were just like, okay, yeah, the waters are safe enough. <laughs> you should make it before the by the time there's a tropical storm. Before the tropical storm turns into a hurricane, you should be able to get to your destination in time. Like, seems legit. Yeah. And so, uh, they were like, everything's fine. And then all, the, the captain asked all the crew members, are you all fine? And they were all like, yep. Except one was like, yeah, I'm not comfortable with this, but everybody else is doing it. I don't know what the guy's name was, but, uh, <laughs> and so one of the guys was like, peer he, pressure. he, he sent, okay, you know, <laughs> again, shout out to the yeah, Mary dude, Celeste. They were like peer pressure at its finest. Yeah. They used but to write, don't do drugs. <laughs> That'll be like my and new... don't get on boats when they're <laughs> headed for a disaster. That's like, for my for my kids, instead of being like, if everybody jumps off a bridge, you're going to do it. Like, if everybody wants to sail to Puerto Rico from Florida, are you going to do it? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, that sounds fun. Sailing, cool. <laughs> uh, so the one naysayer of the crew of the El Faro, or Pharaoh... Was the only one who survived. Please say that. No, they're, they're all dead. Damn it. Uh, uh, <laughs> their body they were uh, they were in Pirates of the Caribbean as Jeffrey Rush's uh, soldiers <laughs> wow. um, and, and he said uh, again shout out to the Mary Celeste that they used to have to write letters because this one person voiced concern prior to sailing and wrote in an email to friends and family 
there's a hurricane out there and we're heading straight into it. That was the one naysayer, it was the last email he sent to his uh, family. And this vessel also, because again with the Mary Celeste, there was no like requirements on what is safe to sail. This vessel passed all the Coast Guard inspections, passed all the American Bureau of Shipping inspections. Everything was good and cleared for this shipping vessel. So uh, what happened to this ship? All right, dude. Uh, <laughs> the um, And so they they went out setting setting sail for Puerto Rico. And uh, during their sails, it turned into a hurricane. Bam, bam, bam. How do we know that? Uh, the be- emails, right? No, no, no. This is... It's 2015, dude. We've got, like, fucking Doppler radars and shit. Oh, the like, hurricane got to land? N- or no. Or was it just out, It's still... There? Like, there's there's a screenshot Ooh, yeah. of where the El Faro is... Joaquin. ...in the fucking Hurricane Joaquin. Ooh, or, that's crazy. Uh, Hurricane Joaquin? Hurricane Joaquin. Or, that, that was the hurricane? Yeah. Dude, I remember Hurricane Joaquin. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so did... These people's families. So this one was oh, in 2015. Fuck. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> like, uh, so, uh, You'll never forget Hurricane Rocky. Uh, Every time you see a walking Phoenix movie, it's done. Uh, so around 7.30 a.m. on October 1st, less than 30 hours after the ship sailed from Jacksonville, the United States Coast Guard received a satellite notification that the vessel had lost propulsion, taken on water, Though flooding was contained at the time, the, the, the vessel had a 15-degree list. According to Tote Maritime, the corporation that owned the vessel, the loss of the propulsion is what ultimately sealed the fate of the vessel. Uh, it left it helpless in approaching a hurricane. Because for hundreds of miles, this vessel had lost propulsion, but on you know satellite images, it showed this vessel just kept going to the eye of the hurricane in the Bermuda Triangle, which is like, why would any vessel ever like go... Cause, yeah, because you're passing through the harshest storm to get to no storm and then back into the harshest exactly. storm. Exactly. But what's what's odd is that... That's where so is, weird. Uh, where yeah. is it? Do, 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 do. I remember reading something that they... So were, all their equipment like crapped out on them. Their engine wasn't working. Electricity wasn't working. What in God's name could have caused that? Okay, so this vessel's original intent was... Their course was originally like 150 miles away from this storm. And for some reason, this vessel, after it lost propulsion, was driven into the storm. It wasn't in the storm yet, and it was driven into it. And then... And that doesn't even make any sense, because it feels like wind would have blowing... would is For a hurricane, wind blows outward. That's why there's an eye. Everything's blowing out. Exactly. And why so, unless there was the some unnatural freaking phenomenons Pulling it going toward. on bringing it in to its death and this is 2015 which 2015. means aliens are still here <laughs> that's what you're saying bro so after this vessel went down everybody and their mom in the united states went out looking for this vessel and it was like impossible to find and then they eventually found it in the bermuda triangle area 15,000 feet underneath the ocean. Like, off the ocean floor, 15,000 feet, it was standing straight up like it had sunk all the way down. And that's where uh, the ship rests to this day. Who found it? Did they sail out to find it? The, Why ev- were they no, okay? Everybody did surface scans for this ship. They sent out fighter jets. They sent out freaking everything to find this vessel and these 33 men. And then they found nothing. And then a week or two later, 
uh, I think the Coast Guard sent out like deep submarines to do scans and to find uh, this vessel, and then they found it eventually. But I don't understand how the submarines were okay. So it's almost like the whatever is causing the Bermuda Triangle is not always active. It's like it's selectively active. That's what it kind of seems like. I don't know. I mean, mind you guys, like right now, the magnetic sphere that surrounds the globe is extremely weak in North America. So maybe that has something to do with it because it seems like if, if the compasses are going whack, it has to do with the magnetic sphere. That's my guess. So the Bermuda Triangle is still running amok in this world. And most scientific communities refuse to believe it, even though, like, people fly through this. How do you think they get to Bermuda or the Bahamas or anything? I'm thinking, like, you know, planes are, you know, because, like, commercial planes, they go up to, like, what, 13,000 feet? They go too high, you're saying? Because it's only fighter jets that go missing. Yeah, exactly. Those are low to the ground. You know, the aliens are underwater. (laughs) or the atlanteans or the atlanteans are or the atlanteans that's a subtopic i forgot to mention that ocean there there is oh yeah there's there's a underwater road called the bimini road and it's like a bunch of rock formations that's just randomly out in the atlantic ocean that's like it's said to be like a like a long road to atlantis but atlantis is supposed to be off the coast of spain or we don't really know bro you remember how people say it's off the coast of egypt but our theories that we agreed on was that it was low key close to Greece. Dude, dude it can Atlantis is everywhere. Ninety oh percent of the also, fucking world is oceans. Yeah, dude. Actually, I think it's only three quarters. The Atlantic Ocean. You think that Atlantis Atlas would be in the Atlantic Ocean? The Mediterranean Sea is absolutely the Atlantic Ocean. No, it's not. It's a sea. <laughs> it's connected I, I see what you did there it's the same water you see oh yeah you see yeah no no <laughs> sorry don't be a beach okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got dude i don't even know i don't even think i'll have a theory oh i guess i'll have to have one are you floundering wow dude if you keep saying that i'm oh. gonna storm out of here <laughs> <laughs> we're bad all right damn i'm oh, sad okay. i didn't come up with one <laughs> <laughs> All right, so basically my favorite theory uh, is that um, we didn't get into it, sadly, as much as I wanted to. But uh, my favorite theory is that uh, there is technology left over from Atlantis that is going off periodically because of tectonic shifts that is setting off ship sensors. It's causing engines to erupt. Right, because as we learned in the Egyptian, in the uh, Pyramids of Giza podcast, back in the day when aliens were around, they taught the humans to harness the vibrations of the Earth. So that kind of makes sense why their technology might be powered by tectonic plates. And that's why it's my favorite theory is because I think that the lost city of Atlantis, even though they found the uh, USL Pharaoh and couldn't find Atlantis, I think it technology is under the under the ocean floor and it is it is running amok and that amok is the bermuda triangle that's a fascinating theory you have going on there probably not accurate jeremy what's yours (laughs) it's better than my jack sparrow for the mary (laughs) celeste i think anyone is better than that one my theory it's largely influenced by the fact 
that no major organization wants to even acknowledge the power of the Bermuda Triangle. I think that something in like Earth's history went like catastrophically wrong in that area hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And I think like the shadow government knows about it. But they don't want to acknowledge it to the rest of the people. So they're like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Just go through there, just go through there. But I think whatever this huge dark secret, whatever it is, it's create. I agree with Matt's idea, the first part about just like a lot of things are wacky there. Magnets are go. I think there's like a lot of energy and weird forces there that are not, like they don't fit natural law as we understand it, like everywhere else in the world, you know? And it just like throws people off and there's something, there's something very powerful that just draws things to it. And I think it's active sometimes and it's active not, and I don't, uh, active sometimes and it's not active other times. And I don't know why. Man. All right. I, I think, I think we need a theory that um, kind of brings everything down to reality, possibly. What the <laughs> hell, man? So that was pretty good. No, no, that was good. But and that my, was like, my, that my was Atlantis theory wah, wah, was rock know? solid. Oh my God. Woo, woo. No, okay. So this let's <laughs> let's this said. is probably my favorite theory because I think it actually makes go. sense. So this is what I think about um my favorite theory. I think we need to kind of bring it down a little bit into the realm of reality. You can do that. I already brought it to the naysayer. Boo. Oh, come on. No, no. I think I I really do think that the magnetic poles are i think there's just an extreme amount of magnetism right there and i don't know why i think maybe i think it has a lot to do with the azores fault line i think maybe there's an abundance of iron magnetism there that might be disrupting i don't i, I don't i don't know because you said there weren't a lot of methane deposits and no there are they oh, just haven't are. erupted in like fifteen thousand. which years. means that there's a probably quite a bit of magma down there so i'm thinking that maybe the crust Along that area, the Earth's crust is very thin, leading to molten iron pushing up and disrupting our instruments. That's what I kind of think. And I think that also leads to sea quakes. And it's also a very tropical place. So it has a lot of storms. It has a there's lot of... There's just a lot of shit going... There's and there's a river! That's what I have to say. That's what I think the theory is. I think it's all very reality, but um, real. Um, but I, I, I love aliens. And I hope it's them. I hope they're down there probing the people and having them up there in their own ships and they're all alive right now. But the... Hashtag. I think my theory best addresses why nobody wants to acknowledge that it's a real thing. I would agree. I would agree. I really like that. I love the shadow government. I mean, I hate it. But I love it. And all right, I think that covers it for the Bermuda Triangle. All right. Go check out our Facebook. Check out our YouTube, our Twitters and our Instagrams. Don't go sailing to the east of Florida. Yeah, don't yeah. do it. Don't do drugs. Thank you so much for listening to yeah. our podcast. Yeah, thank you for listening. And if you know people who are bored in, on their commutes that need some fresh material, suggest us. Please. I said dick. I definitely said Welcome back, Commander. This is My House Tells Mysteries. Mysteries. Fact, fantasy, and history have come together to tease the imagination. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! (laughs) 
Hello and welcome to Try House Tales Mysteries of History Episode 5 where we are covering the Bermuda Triangle. I am the effervescent potpourri of poop, Jeremy Griffith. And over here we got Kevin Self-Describe. Uh, I am Kevin C. Frederick. I'm just great. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that Fuck the truth? You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not clever enough to think of anything. <laughs> and I'm Matthew McKay. And we are <laughs> Try House Films. And what we do is we take mysteries of our collective history. And we read some stuff about them on Wikipedia and some other websites that Google leads us to. We usually don't go deeper than two pages. Now that <laughs> is some truth. Bam. And then we tell you what really happened as we ingest these articles in our guts. Mm. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. Yeah, Gut is. feelings mm. of what really happened, which <laughs> normally leads to aliens. <laughs> but for real though, aliens are out there. Watch it. Bam. So, for those of you who do not know, the Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle, is a name coined by American author Vincent Gaddis, someone who you probably never heard of because I've never heard of him. <laughs> Poor guy. It is a triangular area in the North Atlantic Ocean spanning from Miami to Puerto Rico and Bermuda Island which are two different places with a total area of 500,000 square miles. And oh, I don't know about you guys, but that seems like a pretty big amount of area for shit to go wrong. And that's actually the small <laughs> estimate. Um, <laughs> God damn it, Jeremy. Uh, because uh, the people who originally kind of created the Bermuda Triangle uh, largely differed on the size of it. It ranges from 500,000 square miles to like, a million five hundred square miles because the people just couldn't it, it, it was based on like what the writers wanted at the time that yeah. uh, the Bermuda Triangle was created and the Bermuda Triangle first kind of happened in the 1950s based on like a bunch of shit that went missing in the area uh in the 40s late 40s there's a lot of things that just went missing yeah or like unexplained events that happened because that right because that was like you were talking about earlier like that was when you know humans actually started to record things more. Oh, yeah. And, like, the, the media was like, wait a minute. If we make up something and claim it's true, people will believe us. And that's kind of what these skeptics of the Bermuda Triangle... Uh, and that's how propaganda did. started. Basically, they were like, the oh, origins. that's how the liberal media started, <laughs> was the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, oh, my commies. God. No, but seriously, like, uh, it, a lot of the skeptics of the Bermuda Triangle stated that uh, a lot of the facts... Uh, I'm not going to go into all the boring people that wrote articles about well, the Bermuda on. Triangle. Can but, I just say, though, when you were talking about how like people disagree over how big it is, mm -hmm. it's probably because, like, when they're there, they're just they're just like lost. So they have no idea. Like, are we in it yet? It's like I don't know. It's like this if feels like, like a, a really, thousand miles. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you're like a really small guy and you're like having sex, and it's like, are we in it yet? And you're like, I don't know. You know. <laughs> Um, Bermuda Triangle. I personally have never been to the Bermuda Triangle, but I imagine it's nothing like that. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so these articles were written by a bunch of people that, like, basically, it started with a bunch of people that wrote articles in Miami that wanted to sell tabloids and everything, blah, 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 blah. And then a lot of people started writing articles all of a sudden in the 50s. And then, like, you know, Hollywood got a hold of... In the 50s, you know, movies... Movies have been taken off for a while now, but they started sensationalizing the Bermuda Triangle and everything. And so... Uh, people started writing a lot of books and then, uh, the scientists were like, wait a minute. Some of these facts about where these ships even went missing is not right. You said it was lost off the coast of Florida. We found it. We found this boat over in Texas. There's no way this ship was lost. This is the media lying to us is what you're saying. (laughs) Exactly what I'm saying. So the scientists, okay. I don't, I don't believe you. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. Don't believe anyone. Yeah. All I, trust I lo- anyone. all I trust is the news. <laughs> God damn it. But the, but, the, but the point is, is that all these people started, uh, or all these scientists, uh, probably 20 years later, were like, most of these books and articles were based on like sensationalism. There's nothing to them that's remotely credible because, you know, the, the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle was defined as this. And then a crash happened 250,000 miles outside of it. And they're like, that's the Bermuda Triangle. Wait, wait, so you're saying the Bermuda Triangle was based all on lies? Uh, Not just all on lies, but hefty exaggerations of the truth is what mm. the skeptics would say. Okay. No, I see what you're saying. Because you're saying a plane crashed in Texas. It couldn't have had anything to do with the Bermuda Triangle. But because there were people claiming it was the Bermuda Triangle that worked to discredit the whole idea of the Bermuda Triangle. In well, general. that and like, who the fuck is going to uh, fact check somebody who's like, there was a ship lost in the uh, the Bermuda Triangle. Actually, that's the Gulf of Mexico. And they're like, oh, Bermuda Triangle. And then everybody's like, oh my God, another ship goes missing in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh no. I see and what the- you're saying. <laughs> no. So no matter where the ships go missing, someone is like, Bermuda Triangle. Exactly. Because... Yeah. It was never actually uh, one of the dude. That's just like terrorist attacks in the U.S. Someone's Stop like it. ISIS is like it was us, right? That right, is right. you're a communist, <laughs> just like Chief Powhatan. Uh, you know, yeah. it was me. <laughs> okay, here, here, here's another bullet point to kind of uh, discredit the Bermuda Triangle. In 2013, uh, the Worldwide Fund for Nature identified the world's ten most dangerous waters for shipping. But the Bermuda Triangle was not among them. Oh, okay. Ballsy. Yeah, that's actually that's actually a really good point. And and also, I don't know if you guys know this. This is some scary shit. I thought nobody flew over the Bermuda Triangle anymore because everybody agreed that it was like too dangerous. Too dangerous. Every major airline flies over the Bermuda Triangle. Ships. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of islands in there, and the only way to get in the Gulf of Mexico from like Eastern from Western Europe is through the Bermuda Triangle. There's no... That's, that's why it has to be aliens. Because aliens, as we discussed, are so unpredictable that they'll just, like, pick and choose. But it, it, the fact that no major organization or no scientific board even, like, closely agrees that the Bermuda Triangle is a real thing is actually a pretty big, uh, you know, tick for the It's Bullshit column. So basically, I'm never flying from Western Europe to the Gulf of Mexico. 
That's yeah. all I got from what you just said. <laughs> yeah, and airlines... He was actually just giving you flying advice. Yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, apartment complexes don't have uh, a floor 13 because they're... Even if you're not superstitious, nobody's going to put a fucking That's floor true. 13. Wait, wait, wait. There are floor 13s, though. No. There, there no, are dude. floor 13s, no. but on the elevator, to, doesn't say it. No, I've never wow. been to a hotel That's, that has a... That's ridiculous. Except for Disneyland. The floor is still the 13th floor. Supernaturalism yeah, isn't gonna be like, oh, they put fourteen on the elevator. But no, that's might. what they do in but New the York. Fuck do you know about supernaturalism <laughs> in New York, dude? I looked around because one of my friends told me, and it's like, yeah, nobody puts the thirteenth floor on apartment buildings because, and but for some reason, airlines are like, yeah, we still fly over the Bermuda Triangle. Wait, that's fifteen hundred square miles. Well, yeah, there's a thirteenth floor at the California Adventure and Orlando, and I think Tokyo, at the Tower of Terror. Uh, because it's meant to scare the shit out of you, Jeremy. <laughs> so there is a 13th floor in some hotels. I just wanted to make that point. That's not for a the real hotel. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's I've some of the uh, criticisms of the... Uh, oh, and a lot of the other criticisms of the Bermuda Triangle actually kind of <laughs> lend itself to how the Bermuda Triangle is real. Like, a lot of it is like, oh, you know, there's just a lot of tropical storms in that area because of the hot and cold weather. And I'm like... That sounds like exactly what makes up the Bermuda Triangle. It's a bunch of <laughs> nature shit we can't explain. Yeah. Just like, like those fault lines in Azores Island. I know. It's like which is part of the Bermuda. Oh, yeah. Like okay. Well, I feel like that argument is like you don't have cancer. You just have cells in your body that are eating other cells. Okay. Okay, I guess <laughs> that that was clearly lost. Is that Never mind. Cut is it that out. cancer? Oh, okay. We got a fact check from B. Yep, that's cancer. God, <laughs> right. That is cancer. I thought I was really on point with that metaphor. <laughs> you, you lost us. <laughs> so uh, those are kind of the reasons why the Bermuda Triangle is like debunked by most of the scientific community. But an average of... Uh, oh, no, sorry. Over the last five centuries, more than a thousand ships have gone missing while in the Triangle. And an average of 20 yachts and four aircraft go missing every year while passing through the Triangle. Uh, many of whom just don't send out a distress call, which, I mean, if I was in distress, probably the first fucking thing I would do is send out a distress oh, call. Whoa, 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 whoa. But we're forgetting about some of the phenomena that happens in the Bermuda Triangle that would keep them from sending out a distress signal. Yeah. So either, well, they might not which know. Which would be like... Aliens, bro. <laughs> I mean, hey, they have some pretty advanced jamming technology, I hear. <laughs> in the Triangle. Yeah, so they try to send out in a distress call. In the probe. And it never gets received. Jam that probe in there. Mm. <laughs> or, or maybe they don't realize they're screwed until it's too late. And here's another example of why some people think it's not a thing. More than a few centuries ago, Cristoforo... An Italian explorer passed through the triangle with three uh, with three ships and 90 sailors. On his voyage through, he reported seeing a great flame crash down into the sea one night, and a few weeks later, a ball of light appeared on the horizon. Along with this visual phenomenon, he writes about the erratic behavior of his compass. He, however, passed through the triangle without harm and later discovered the Americas. Hashtag white privilege. Many people in the Western world know him by his English name, Christopher Columbus. Wow, so he just saw a great flame yeah. rising. He's like, yo, that triangle, great balls of fire, my compass was whack, but I'm what, cool. What I think that was, was like, I think he probably saw the Aurora Borealis. Mm. That's my guess. 
Like the northern lights, that's what yeah, that is, right? Yeah, like maybe it was flaring up, maybe there was a solar storm. Or just like, there's some very natural explanations for why the uh, Bermuda Triangle is real. Like, the, the Gulf Stream is a uh, major surface current, primarily driven by the uh, thermal line circulation. I had a Wikipedia, that one. That originates, <laughs> God damn it, that originates in the Gulf of Mexico and then flows through the Straits of Florida. So, without getting too scientific-y, it's basically a river that flows through an ocean. And the current yeah. is so strong, it can like... It's like the EAC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From Finding Nemo. You... The Gnarly, dude. <laughs> EAC. Yeah. Come on, Crash. Wait, no, that's SpongeBob. That, that serious thrill issues, dude. <laughs> dude, I just... I don't want to get too esoteric here. But what if the fact that Christopher Columbus, a.k.a. Cristoforo, safely passed through the Bermuda Triangle, where so many people have died... Is like evidence of like destiny. God was like manifest destiny, destiny must happen. happen. Native Americans, that land was never yours. <laughs> Calm down, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God was like, here is the fire to light your path, Christopher. <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> uh, there are some other uh, natural explanations for um, why the Bermuda Triangle happens or why ships just tend to go missing. A lot of it is like. Tropical weather. Uh, you can ask New Orleans about this one. The tropical weather in that area, just terrible. It's yeah. wipes away cities multiple times. Yeah. People keep living there. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot of, like, tropical weather over there is just terrible. And so that is one of the the possible reasons why so many ships go missing. It's just people are overconfident that they can overcome Mother Nature, which they can't. Uh, another explanation is... It's pretty fucking cool. Uh, methane hydrates, which is basically... Um, Alright, so there's large fields of methane that form on the continental shelves, like, you know, underwater. In this lab, they tested if bubbles could sink a, um, like, a model size boat. And it turns out, if... if uh, So, if a boat is floating on, like, calm water, and there's enough bubbles that come up underneath it they will throw off the buoyancy enough of the surrounding water that it will actually sink the ship. And so, so like it flips the ship, like capsizes. No, no, no. Like, the, like the buoyancy is thrown off. So the boat sinks and the water overtakes it and it sinks. Is what, what I interpret it as. Nowadays, a lot of like yachts are made out of a material that even if that did happen, it would surface again. No, no, no. We're saying that the air and the bubbles causes it to sink below the water level so it's like a, a i don't even know what to relate that to like a like a, or like yeah it's just it like just pulls the boat under it basically it doesn't it does pull the boat under because there's nothing but air in those bubbles when it sinks it sinks so rapidly that water overtakes the deck and then the water fills it and sinks it that's pretty crazy. Is there an actual documented event where that actually happened? No, because it would only happen in the Bermuda Triangle where everybody fucking dies. <laughs> um, All right, that's a good point. They're, so, like, they're like sinking and he's like, quick, Johnson, write about this. Yeah. People need to know. <laughs> and so, and, and, and back to the Gulf Stream, which is, you know, the river and the ocean. Uh, people have speculated that any wreckage that would have been caused by like this type of methane... Uh, like sinkage deposit, I guess. Yeah, it would it would have it would have dragged the ship away, so it wouldn't have been in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, 
but scientists believe that, uh, or some scientists have hypothesized that periodic methane eruptions, basically they're, they're called mud volcanoes from the ocean floor would, uh, produce enough methane to sink a ship. And, uh, but science has said that, uh, who the fuck is science? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> what? Is that, that a guy? Answer? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't believe because anything I'm reading. No. <laughs> uh, but there are some like scientific communities that say that uh, large uh, methane hydrates worldwide haven't been released in you know thousands of years in that area, and it's just like they're like, well, we don't we don't know of any you know, methane hydrate instances in that area for 15,000 years. So you're, you're making it up. And I you mean, know why? Because all the ships that have experienced it have died. Exactly. <laughs> and maybe this happened to this guy. This is a story, this guy called Joshua Slocum. Ladies, he, you know, he'll last all night. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh my God. <laughs> Jeremy, no. <laughs> That was good. So Joshua, not going to say his last name, gained <laughs> international recognition Slow-com. for his solo voyage around the Earth. His next voyage, however, from Martha's Vineyard to South America in 1909 was never completed. Some attribute this disappearance to the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know. Maybe he got sucked up by one of these uh, methane gas deposits. I don't know. Just imagine that you're in a giant ship and then all of a sudden, like from the depths, there's all these bubbles and it just, and you're like, you're like, well, first, my first thought would be it cracking. And then all of a sudden you're just like, you're, you're at the water level and water just starts pouring over the ship. That's, and there's nothing you can do. That is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another significant event that is, uh. A support for the Bermuda Triangle. In the March of 1918, a 542-foot-long Navy cargo ship named the USS Cyclops sank with over 300 men and 10,000 tons of manganese ore, which is not magnetic, somewhere in the Bermuda Triangle. It didn't send out a distress signal, and the wreckage was never found. And something that is interesting about this USS Cyclops is that it is the largest military loss of life in history that is not attributed